What's up, gentlemen's double crew? We are back talking Arnold Palmer, Players Championship, and Vicky's trip down to Virginia. It is just me and Jake in the booth this week. Vinny's got a little bit of a tummy ache. He's struggling, <laughs> so he is not in today. He did give his pick for the players, but hopefully he'll be back next week. Jake, what's going on, brother? How was the trip? Doggy. Uh, trip was good. Trip was good, and uh, it was nice to, you know, try to shake off some of the rust. So, yeah, man, it's, I'm, I'm pumped, pumped to be back, and we got some warm weather coming this week. So oh, nice. Good. There we go. Yeah. There we go. It's spring. Is it springtime yet, or I don't know how the groundhog thing affects too- yeah, I think we're two weeks away from what is like considered spring. Okay. All right. Well, we are less than two weeks away from daylight savings, though. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge for golfers. That is huge, baby. Yeah. 8 p.m., 8.15, 8.30 oh, sometimes in the middle of the summer. Oh, yeah, I know. Love it. Yeah, yeah. definitely helps with uh, getting the game ready. Um, all right, let's talk Players' Championship. Let's jump straight into the clubhouse. We are uh, Arnold Palmer, excuse me, first. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. <clears throat> He he did it. I mean, he broke the system. Yeah. It finally paid off for him. I mean, I know it, it paid off for him last year, too, in the major. Uh, but he really used his length to his advantage this week at the Arnold Palmer. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Lee Westwood, the old man, who really had a chance to win the tournament. Uh, on sure. Sunday. Put himself in position uh, going into Sunday. Kind of struggled, but, but hung in there all day long. And... Uh, had a chance on 18. We'll talk about that. <clears throat> and uh, the two other guys I think we wanted to talk about were, were Rory and Hovland, who Hovland's been really hot, hot was right there on, uh, to start Saturday and shot 77 and then uh, did not play well on Sunday either. I mean, I know he was, he was quite a few shots back, but Rory as well, kind of struggling on the weekends, has continued to do so here the last couple rounds. But let's start off with Bryson DeChambeau, the winner of this year's Arnold Palmer. You know, he wears that hat. Big Arnold Palmer fan. Um, I know he got a... I, I saw this after an interview that he got a note, personalized note from Arnold Palmer about a week before he passed away. So he was, you know, on his deathbed, not doing well, but took the time to write a letter to Bryson to tell him how impressed he was with his career so far and things going on. I think that was just really cool from, from Arnold that, uh, you know, really until the day he died, he... He really just kind of devoted himself to everybody else. So cool story there. Um, but yeah, Bryson definitely used his link to his advantage. I think he he vibed off of having 5,000 people out there this weekend and having some energy again around the course, which was fun to hear some chants. Or, uh, Jakey, what would you think about Bryson's performance? Yeah, I mean, realistically to me, that's, that's like the, a very similar version to, of Bryson to what we saw at the U.S. Open. You know, just overpowering every lie every bad lie he could just get it out yep. um you know taking some ridiculous lines on tee shots and then the thing that we've noted a couple times in the pod that has really allowed him to be as successful as he has been which is like he is a good putter he made two bombs when realistically like i mean i i was driving back from virginia like with it on the the serious uh radio and i'm going 40 footer like he's dropping a shot here and he makes it you know what i mean yep um so yeah i mean if you if you look at this if you're it, it, what no matter how you feel i i have a statement that i'll make when we're done kind of getting ready to move on from bryson into other stuff but no matter how you feel about what bryson does you can't deny that like he has found a way to win on setups that are like this right he just has yep. he has the he has the equation so that's, yeah that's my take what about you what did you think about it I mean, yeah, I think we had a group chat going with our buddy Chris who was saying I, he really loves Bryson. And uh, I think I responded saying, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Bryson's. And, uh, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But I am very impressed with the work he's put in and how he's he's changed the game, not only with, you know, get it hitting it longer, but he started with the one-length irons. You know, he's always been the kind of the mad scientist. And, uh, yeah, he's really it's really paid off. As you can tell, I think that was his eighth or ninth win already on tour. Uh, young guy, got a major championship already. Um, you know, I'd say the API is a, is a more elevated regular tour event as well. So he's got that under his wing now. Uh, yeah, just very impressed with uh, how he got things done. And, um, it, you know, especially on the holes where he just finds a way to make his length a real advantage. 
I think number number one was one of them. He was taking it over the trees. Number six, obviously, the par five. He hit it 377. He had like 80 yards in, 70 yards in Saturday and Sunday. That's huge on a par five. You know, you should make birdie there every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, two shots already he's picked up on the field. And, um, yeah, I think it's it's pretty crazy. There was another hole in the back nine where uh, Faldo was saying, you know, his ball was out of bounds longer than it was inbounds when he hit it over over the houses to kind of cut the corner. Right. So, so just, you know, crazy that he's really figured out how to do it. He's doing it the right way. Uh, you know, again, he, he, he hits it a long way, which a lot of these guys do too. And I think even Finau and those guys have this gear too. They just, if they try to hit it that hard, they can't hit it straight. And Bryson's found a way to, to hit fairways. So, uh, yeah, just crazy. And, uh, hats off to him that, uh, he was able to take it to his advantage, put, put this week together. Cause I know he's been struggling a little bit the last couple of weeks months so i'm sure he was glad to get back into the winter searcher circle and uh and get this win but yeah and you're definitely right but i think it's like this is a this little stretch of golf is like a really good meter for us or or, or like looking glass for us to consider like what bryson is right. um, on the tour at this point you know like we saw him come out at riv and struggle and if you think about it makes a lot of sense right not that rib is like super narrow or anything like that but you know the the way that the ball bounces there the the rough that produces sometimes a flyer lie the awkward greens where like there's a little bit more going on on the greens and we see it on a palmer and then you take this course you know which it played really really tough sunday with the combination of what the setup was they had some devil pins out there and the wind but it's all the things that like Bryson does really, really well. Um, I mean, the shot that he hit into like from from the right rough on whatever that was, fifteen. Like, not le- the legitimately, there's not another yep. player in the field that could have done that. And to his credit, that's a strategy that like he has developed, and he will continue to win on setups like this because you know guys can't. First of all, he he hits it to places where he's got you know wedge or short iron out of the rough. And his wedges and short irons, like, he produces a ton of speed with those compared to other players as well. Yep. Whether that's the longer, you know, the, the, the longer shaft, the single length shaft, or just the fact that he's a monster. And it allows him to, you know, get the ball out of lies that most guys have no chance. Westwood hit a great drive. Like, to me, 15 was kind of the turning point. Like, Westwood hit a great drive, and nobody could hold that fairway, which was a bad setup situation. And Westwood had no chance with like whatever he had, I guess eight iron, I think it was versus right. Bryce in there. Like he just couldn't, he couldn't hit that shot. Um, so it's, it's, you make a great point. Like it's, it's really interesting how he's on courses where he can really take advantage of it. And he hits it even relatively straight. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with every time. Yep. And, uh, you know, on the other side of the coin, you got <clears throat> Lee Westwood who, He's transformed his body in a different way, you know, tried to try to he's 40, you know, in his late 40s, 47. He's he's, uh, you know, had a very, very long and great career. I mean, he won the race to Dubai this year on on the European tour. Um, He's hitting it longer than he ever has. His body is very in shape. You know, he's never really had any major injury issues. Uh, Obviously, everybody knows his putting has just really let him down in big, big moments. But. Uh, and actually, it did this weekend as well. You know, I was sitting, watching the last couple holes uh, after the wedding I was at on Sunday, and uh, at that seventeenth hole, the par five or the sixteenth hole, mm, 16. uh, you know, he only had eight or seven iron in. He came up short. I'm sure he was a little no- nervous, but still left himself below the hole. Couldn't get up and down to make birdie, which which really in the end killed him because Bryson ended up making par there as well. Is it his tee shot into the left fairway bunker? Um, that was, I think, you know, there's only three holes left there, but that was the turning point for me where I said, okay, this tournament's over. Uh, Bryson's going to win. Um, anything you want to talk about, Lee? I know there's some controversy we'll talk about at the end when we talk about some course setup things, but anything, you know, other than, than Lee and Bryson down the stretch, what did, what did you think about Westwood's performance there, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I think for like Westwood, we we always forget because he plays so much of his golf abroad. Like a great player for his generation, a guy we know has unfortunately never gotten it done. I mean, he's got a ton right. of second or top threes or whatever that is in majors, and we've reiterated that 
this is a week where I think you see like the things that he does well, he's still at 47 years old does so well. He's like a, a very good consistent driver of the golf ball, but not short. He's like very average by tour standards. Right. And just like a flusher. And that's, that's what's so frustrating. You're right, Doug. Like that's, what's like so frustrating about the par five was he's kind of got his foot on Bryson's neck a little bit there, you know, whether he gets to the green in two or not, like he could still have like missed the green there, been greenside and got up and down for birdie. But he kind of just like, you know, like you said, he might've been nervous or whatever. He, he, his, his best skill is, is this approach play. Doesn't hit it really well there. Right. Leaves himself a tricky distance. Puts it in a spot where like you should make birdie, right? Ends up with like a 10-ish footer, 7 to 10 footer. And then the putting rears its ugly head. He can't convert. Bryson makes par. And then at that point, it's like, well, now that's pretty much the death knell. You know what I mean? So great. I think it's a great week. And it's crazy, but like I think Westwood's going to make the Ryder Cup team, like with his stuff that he's been doing in Europe plus this. Right, and it's really too bad that Tiger got injured because you'd have these two guys. I think Tiger would have been on the team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, awesome for Westwood. I, I've always been a huge fan of his. I would have loved to see him you know, get a major. He he again, you know, let himself down when Spieth kind of took a dump on twelve of the Masters. It was him and Willett, and Willett, you know, kind of obviously came out of nowhere and got a win there but uh yeah great to see him back obviously i know he's been playing very well over in europe the last 12 months so excited to see what happens i saw he's in the field this week at the players i'm sure that's why he played this past week at arnie to get ready and uh you know we'll we'll see him at augusta and the other majors uh, as this year comes around let's talk a little bit about jordan spieth spieth was my pick for the week he played very well, had a serious chance to win on Sunday, had uh, a one-shot lead through seven on Sunday, and then was tied after 11. His putting, uh, really, and his ball striking, I guess, let him down the last 12 or 13 holes. But Spieth is now inside the top 60, will be ready for the WGC Dell match play You know, on a, he- on a real heater here. This is his third or fourth top five in the last you know six or seven events, so... Spieth playing very, very well. I think it's just a matter of time before he gets a win. But, uh, you know, what do you think about Spieth-y? Obviously, he had the hole-in-one on Saturday. Yeah. He started birdie ace, and then he hit his tee shot in the water on three and made a 40-footer for par. Um, so exciting stuff there for him. And I know you're a huge Spieth fan, so yeah. you, you, I'm sure you're pumped to see what Spieth does here the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, first of all, birdie ace, I might walk off. Like, I'm close enough to the clubhouse at that point. That's as good a day as you're going to have, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it it sounds repetitive, right? If you think about what we've talked about over the past month, it's the same story, right? The guy is just getting so much out of every aspect of his game off the tee. And he actually drove it okay. Not great. Again, not great, but okay for three rounds. And then Sunday was just really hard. Like there were only two under par rounds on the golf course on Sunday. And when, you know, he put, a, when you put a lot of stress on your game like that, you put a lot of stress on your putting uh, days when it's going well, you can mask that. Right. And he just didn't make a lot Sunday. But I think if you're a Jordan speed fan, like you gotta be really, really encouraged, not only by like the track record of the last month, but by the fact that a golf course that doesn't really match his style, long, rough, fairly penal off the tee, I mean, he was he was really realistically right there. I think if Sunday was a little bit calmer, or maybe he got off to a slightly better start, because he had some looks early that he just didn't convert. Right. Um, I, I think that that would maybe change change some things. But I mean, like you took him this week, and you're yep. not one to normally go that route. So I think it's I think that's all you need to know in some ways. Yeah, he uh, he did very well for me. I, I had I had bet on him to win. But uh, I bet on him top ten it, and uh, so I made some good money on that. So there I was happy. Happy he did that. He also moved me, I think, to like 14th or 15th in the pool that Vinny and I are in. Um, Strike yeah, distance there. Yeah, Spieth playing well. He, you know, coming off T3, T4, T4 now, last five events. So good for him. Um, the two guys we mentioned earlier, Rory and Hovland, similar struggles on the weekend. I don't know if some of that's just, you know, Hovland's been playing a lot of events and maybe mm-hmm. he just ran out of gas on Saturday and Sunday. Um, his putting let him down a little bit. Rory, I think is more the one I'm concerned about because 
you know, he comes around like he did at the Canadian Open two years ago, and he'll shoot 20 under par. But mm -hmm. uh, since then, really, he's really struggled on the weekends. I think he has won one time since then, and that win is fleeting. And he's actually the defending champ this week at the players because of uh, COVID. It wasn't played last year. Well, they only played one round when Hideki shot the course record and then didn't get so to do anything else. So Hideki's the defending champ is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the one-day defending champ. That's yes. right. Um, but yeah, Rory shot even par Saturday, four over on Sunday. Um, Hovland shot uh, seven, five over on Saturday, and I think he was a couple over even par on Sunday. So more concerned about Rory than Hovland. Concerned about both of them. What's what? What are you, what are you thinking, Jakey? No, I, I don't know. It's it's tough because I think that you kind of nailed it on Hovland. I think that's just a, a gas thing. Like when you're you're in the mix a lot, it takes a lot out of you, and it's it makes it kind of like a. You know, it's a tough thing to, to stay up all those rounds. Um, so I, I think I'm not concerned really about Hovland myself. Uh, and Rory is a little bit more concerning because of like some of those comments that he made after the round about, you know, being frustrated and not really knowing what the solution right. is and not understanding what the problem is. And this is, the, I, and I think we talked about this maybe more on like text messages and shit when we were kind of going through things, but it's just like, you watch Rory and, and you watch him like not what you're like, how does this guy not win every week? Or like, man, how, how can he not be in contention right now? And then he like, he still gets like a 10th or eighth place finish. We hold him to like such a different standard. Yeah. It's hard. It's really a hard thing, but like he looked lost and still top 10 did. You know what I mean? It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I mean, where, where are you standing on this right now? Well, you just saw Thursday, Friday, when he even putts remotely decently, he's mm -hmm. in he's in the lead, which is what he did on Thursday. I mean, he putted the lights out of it. He shot 66. And then he just, yeah, exactly. He, he just kind of looked lost out there. You know, he shot one under on Friday. He was still in the mix. But Saturday, Sunday, he got no, he had no momentum on Saturday when everybody was under par. And then I know there was only, I think, maybe two guys under par on Sunday, Bryson and Andrew Putnam. Mm -hmm. um, within like seven or eight shots of the lead. So I realized it was playing hard or more difficult on Sunday, but still, I mean, a man who has the length of Bryson has the ball, had probably one of the top five ball strikers in the world. I think more is number one right now, but he's definitely right there. Um, just, he really has struggled to be a good putter. Um, you know, since he really won those four majors, he rattled them off and earlier in his career, he really has not putted quite as well since then and i in my opinion i think jr back up too some of that i think is when he let his caddy go uh that sure. hurt him and he went to his buddy who is not as quite as good a, a, a green reader but yeah concerned about Roy for sure he's one of those guys he's got all the talent in the world i think everybody would say when he's <laughs> at the top of his game he's the best but uh he struggled to find that lately yeah it's crazy that a guy who you know, shot even four over, still top ten it on the weekend, um, and yeah, it just it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to me because the guy is so good and so much fun to watch when he's playing yeah. well. I just I like to see him at the top of the leaderboard all the time. It's like you're you're right, and like I, the only round I watched this week because again I was, I was traveling Friday and, and you were playing golf some of the other days. I had watched a little bit on Thursday, so I saw a sixty six and. Uh, we got done early on Saturday and went out and had some beers and, and we're sitting at the bar watching it. And it's like he he will like absolutely just melt one off the tee, get it to wedge range and then miss the green. Then you'll see him on another right. hole and he'll have, you know, six iron in and stuff it. Even Sunday, right? He like he, he goes for real, realistically, he goes for the hardest line on number six. It's actually harder than the Bryson line. If you like, look at the geography, uh, the, the actual shape of that hole, like the, the area that Rory ended up hitting it to, which was probably a little bit of a, a mistake, is the deepest carry on that hole. He dumps two in the water and then still ends up making seven from like 250. He got it over, hit the green, one putt. It, it, it's like that's what's so crazy about it is it seems like he does all the hard shit right. so well. And sometimes the easy shit, he just can't can't pull it off. It's it's a frustrating thing. And at the same time, I'm sitting here going, 
Man, man, I could definitely see Rory winning at Kiowa. It's like you don't even, you know what I mean? Right, right, it's like yeah. it doesn't even come into your brain. I, I don't know. It's a he's a conundrum. Uh, I, one of the stats I saw that was just mind blowing to me was obviously Bryson led most of the stats this week, and and mm-hmm. he was first in strokes gains off the tee. Second was Sung J M, who finished T twenty one and was nowhere near yeah. the top of the leaderboard. So you, it's just crazy that uh, a lot of these guys. Um, you know, just were you know, they let, had were pretty close in the top of the stats and didn't even finish near the top of the leaderboard. It was a bunch of guys that were scrambling and and were able to get up and down like you know Spieth right. had four or five hole outs. Um, but anyways, <laughs> the last guy I wanted to mention was uh, our boy pod favorite Will Zalatoris snuck into the top ten, so he did not have to use another uh, sponsor exemption. He is in the field this week. I saw at the Players Championship, which I think is pretty cool. Um, obviously, making his debut. So excited to see him out there. But uh, other than those players, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about course setup. In my opinion, API has absolutely crushed it the last two years. Jake, mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on uh, on the API and the course itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like it a little better last year. But I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. I think they have they have done a really good job of, of figuring out what they want their identity to be. We talk every every week about like if a tournament does or doesn't have like some kind of juice. And I think that once this became this like elevated status thing, and they started to try to carve out their own niche, this they've been totally cool with setting it up fairly tough, you know. And I. They had really benign condition conditions on Thursday and into Friday, and then after that, like it did not play easy at all at any point. Um, I do have some gripes with like certain certain things, like I think they got to blow up number fifteen and figure out how to make that hole a little bit more fair because guys were hitting like the dead center of the fairway mm-hmm. and rolling into the left rough. We actually saw a ball. I forget who it was. Might have been Corey Connors. Hit a ball and it like was on the like just inside the right rough, came out on the right rough and trickled across that fairway into the left rough. Right, like that that kind of shit can't happen. Yeah, and, and some of the pins I thought like the pin on I think thirteen and there was another one somewhere on the front were were like absolutely bonkers and and probably not great pins. But listen, they figured out a way to have a really dramatic tournament two years in a row where guys are asked to hit some very tough shots coming in. And I think that's, that's what you want to a degree. Like you need that kind of tournament sprinkled in and we got it. So yeah, it's great. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think they've done a great job. Um, they've, they've, they've made it fair, but also they've been able to get uh, the winner between nine and 13 under, which I, I think Chris said is this kind of the sweet spot for where we want to see yeah, yeah. on a weekly basis. So they yeah, great job. Very diverse field. You saw a lot of people with some chances. Uh, we had a Bazaden Hoot siding out there. He finished I in the top that. ten. Yeah. Um, Corey Connors, who I really like, who won. Uh, he Monday qualified and won the Valero a few years ago. He had a real chance. Uh, he made eagle on the par uh, on 16th par five, but then finished bogey, bogey. But still, you know, a great, great showing from him. And then some other dudes who you. Typically don't see week to week. Andrew Putnam, Richie Wawinski in the top ten. Mm. Uh, so yeah, just Homa had another good sighting. He shot one Homa's over on Sunday, moving up the top right ten. Now. Yeah, looking looking really good. But yeah. uh, I think the last thing I wanted to mention, and I, I know it got a lot of a lot of uh, criticism, comments, a lot of media attention, was uh, Lee Westwood hitting his tee shot on eighteen. You know, under crunch time. Needs to make a birdie in most cases, and he hits it into a divot. Now, it was a shallow divot. He was in the middle of it. But it brings up the question, should that be something that the rules governing bodies take a look at and say, hey, you can drop if you're in a divot, no matter shape or size in the fairway, you can drop and put it on a preferred lie. Jakey, what are your thoughts there? Um, my thoughts are you got to play it as it lies. I, I listen, I, I, I'm like so done with being on Twitter and dealing with golf shit on Twitter, like reading about it. Cause there's, there's just, it's become so polarized. It's literally like politics at this point. And th- this, t- this, um, divot thing was so polarizing this weekend. Here's the deal. 
if you say that you can pull it out of a divot and put it on a preferred lie, you would need to find the most clear, concrete, black and white language for what is and what isn't considered a divot. Right. Because if not, you will have guys walking in that gray area all the time. Listen, I don't think Bryson was, was quote unquote cheating, but he got a drop off that the back or whatever that was. I know, it's 16, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he basically bullied the rules official like without yeah. like you know actually bullying him. He was like, yeah, of course I'm going that way. Like, Why would you question me if I'm telling you that I'm going to go that way? I need relief from the sprinkler head. And then, I mean, he was at least four to five feet outside yeah. of that. Even the like, uh, announcing guys were like, I right. don't agree with this ruling. And to me, like, that's the thing is, is golf. There's a couple things that have to happen with golf pretty soon because they're trying to get more of this betting or this live betting. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to get into it, but like, you know, injury reports are going to have to become an actual thing pretty soon because people are betting on these players. Right. And then the other thing being, you, you have to have fucking rules like that are actual rules that will be enforced. And right now we don't have that. Going all the way back to what I said before, sometimes like golf is inherently an unfair game. There are unfair things that happen that happen in golf. Right. And a, that's why we love it. Of, that's right. That's why we love it. That's it's, it's it's like when you're playing with your buddies and like you know Vince hits this uh, amazing shot and you, it's going to carry the bunker and it it does and then it, it clicks off of a a sprinkler head in the in the fringe and goes to the back bunker and then he shanks one like guess what it's how it goes that's the rub of the green like that's just how it is um and so to me yeah i i just it stinks because i wanted to see westwood park one and make a birdie and get it to a playoff but that's just you know that's the luck that's how it ended up for him he hit it and that did it yeah well yeah man well i think it just sucks because obviously you saw it because it was in crunch time it was the 18th hole he needed to make, uh, you know, birdie there in most cases. But, you know, I think if you, you know, there's whatever, 120 or so guys that tee it up every week. I bet there's 25 to 30 shots every day, every round from those guys that uh, are in divots. You just don't get it, it see it televised because it's not a huge uh, mm -hmm. moment. Um, you know, maybe if you're following the the groups that are on golf channel or those that are in on the actual live coverage in the afternoon you may see a few but i bet it happens quite a few times every round i agree i think it's too hard to govern um you have guys that would definitely learn how to skirt the rules so you either have to say it's uh you pick up the ball one whatever whatever the rule is card away you can't clean the ball place it or you can clean the ball i don't know i think mm -hmm. it's just too difficult to do it i agree it's part of the things that i love about golf is you hit a tee shot, you, you, let's say it's into a bunker. The first thing you I say now is please don't plug. Please don't be up against the lip. Just right. give me a chance to get out of this thing. Um, and it's the same thing about being in the fairway. I mean, you get bad breaks. Like you'll, you'll hit good tee shots all the time that will take a bad bounce and go into the rough. You'll also hit tee shots that hit trees and end up in the middle of the fairway. It's, it's the thing about golf that everybody <laughs> loves that you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to be the best player you can at all times. I know it stinks for Lee Westwood in the, in the clutch there, but, Again, all these guys have been playing golf for so long. They know how to deal with those lies now at this point. Again, it was a shallow lie. He was in the middle of it, so he was able to make clean contact with the ball, which he did. Um, so I think I like to play it as a lies rule because then you don't have people like Patrick Reed and others guys that are going to try to figure out the best way to skirt around those rules. I mean, I think guys have already done that, like you mm -hmm. said, with Bryson. Um, also with the dropping rule now, et cetera. So it's, it's just a, let's play the game the way it is. If bad breaks are going to happen. And I'm, I'm sorry that that's the way it played out on 18, but a great tournament from both of them. Um, I think Jakey, you had mentioned before the show, I, I didn't see this, but there were some issues with Patrick Reed, who I just mentioned. You want to talk about that quickly? Yeah. I mean, there was, I forget what day it was Friday because he didn't make the cup, but there was, you know, another Reed kind of fiddling around with his ball in the rough and trying to do a little gardening to give himself a lie. And I, I think that in the end, like all that needs to be kind of mentioned about this is exactly kind of what we were just talking about, which is you need to find ways to make this more black and white and enforceable. And like a guy like Patrick Reed, like you would think that a guy like Patrick Reed would have like all eyes on him 
when he's the out time. there yes. all, right. all the time. You know what I mean? It, it happens in other leagues. You know, like you have a, a player in the NFL who's known to be heavily penalized, dirty player, grabby, right. whatever that might be. Like refs are just honing in, waiting to throw the flag. Right. And I'm not saying that that's always a good thing, but like that, you need to do something to mitigate what that player, um, what that player does. So yeah, that was just I heard a little bit about that and saw some of the video of it online, and it just you know added added to the list, added to the to the read list. Uh, of things you know he seems to want to mess around oh he, well, he likes to be that for sure you know for he's sure. a dude that he's a dude that like even he's just rolling it like in the fairway no matter what like he's he's hitting it off a down slope he's like nah bro i want to be in the flat just like rolls it you know when he's practicing or whatever like i could totally see that <laughs> yeah. definitely definitely all right well let's uh let's move on congrats to bryson DeChambeau. wouldn't be surprised if he won this week at the players uh, but that. let's let's jump or jump across the state from the Orlando area to Jacksonville Sawgrass area, TPC Sawgrass, which is where the Players Championship has been for quite a while now. Everybody is very familiar with this course. It's got the Island Green Part Three Seventeenth. It's got the three hole stretch there at the end that everybody loves. The rest of the golf course is kind of meh, but it uh, has some great drama every year, and it's got what they consider the best field in golf. Uh, and uh, you can argue both ways, I think. But it does have mm-hmm. a very good field, and I'm I'm always excited to watch the Players' Championship. I know Jakey doesn't love the event. We always joked. I <laughs> joked that it's the fifth major. It's clearly not everybody. I'm joking when I say that, but um, it does have a, a good field. So looking forward to watching those guys this week. Um, other than the, you know, the last three holes, anything else, Jake, you want to mention about Sawgrass before we talk about some of the players? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually love the event. I just don't like the PGA tour trying to add prestige to something that maybe isn't prestigious. And bottom line is you're right. The field is good and it always produces some level of drama because of the way that that the flow of that golf course, you know, whether you like love the whole thing or not, I do think it's routed for these like spurts of like offense. And that's why, um, you, you know, people, People know when to kind of pay attention to players going through certain sections of it. And so, yeah, it's a great turn. Um, I think it's going to be a good week, too. They're supposed to get some decent weather down there. Good. Well, they expanded the field this year to 154 players, so hopefully that doesn't add to some some drama with the pace it of play. But should uh, be interesting, yeah. They added 10 players, typically 144. I think they added guys like Zalatoris and some other dudes that definitely mm-hmm. deserve to be in the field. But um yeah, it's a Pete Dye course. Uh, if you haven't, I'd, I'd say definitely tune in. Tune in to the live coverage Thursday and Friday because you get to see more of the golf course. But um, everybody is out there. The who's who's are playing. Let's go ahead and jump into a few matchups. It's just you and me, Jakey, this week. So um, we're going to go ahead. I think we had this matchup last week, actually. Victor Hovland and Will Zalatoris last year. Last year, last week, Zalatoris actually <laughs> came out on top. I'm pretty sure everybody took Hovland, but uh, what are you thinking this week as we go into the Players' Championship, Jake? Um, where is Will Zalatoris from? Do we know this? Uh, I believe he is a West Coast guy. Let me let's look. Take a look here. Um, I got it right here. San Francisco, yeah. Will Zalatoris, San Francisco. Yeah, he went to Wake Forest, so I guess he played golf on the East Coast. Oh, we're good. I'm going Will Zalatoris this week. Okay. Takes things, Zally. I'm going to rock with uh, Zalatoris as well. I think this just maybe way too much golf for Hovland. He may for need to Hov. take a break. Yeah, he may need to take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we got Westwood playing again this week. We're going to go with Westwood against Adam Scott. Jakey, who you got in that Ooh, matchup? That's a good one because Scott is actually very good here. You know what? I'm gonna both in their forties. I'm gonna take Westy on this one. Okay, you're taking Lee Westwood. I'm gonna rock with Lee Westwood too, because Adam Scott's a cheater when he putts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm rocking with Lee Westwood this week as well. Uh, we got three more matchups. The third matchup is my new found love, Jordan Spieth, against his best friend Justin Thomas. Oh man. What do you want in that matchup, Jakey? You go first for this one, guys. Okay, I. <laughs> So I, this is one I wrote down early when I was looking. I I'm gonna I keep going back and forth. I don't know. Jordan is just on an absolute heater, but JT. I feel like everybody's just shitting on JT lately. So I'm gonna actually roll with JT this week. 
because he's uh, five for five there and had a T three in 2016. All right, I'm going to take. I'm taking Jordan here because uh, okay. I don't generally pick JT anyway. So I'm going to take Jordan. Okay, Jakey's rolling with his boy Jordan. I, I, I mean, I would love to see Jordan get a win here at the Players. That'd Agreed. be awesome. Cement his. I'm back winning, winning the Players Championship. Uh, the next ones is the best ball striker in the game, in my opinion, Colin Morikawa, against what I would consider a top five ball striker in the game as well, guy, but who did, can't get it done on the weekends right now. Colin Morikawa against Rory McIlroy. Aki, who do you got? Oh man, that's actually a great one. Um, I'm gonna go Morikawa. Wow. Okay. All right. Oh man, I'm gonna go Morikawa as well. I think this could be like a one-two on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Watch these dudes. Oh man, that's gonna be a tough one. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna roll with Colin there as well. All right, last okay. matchup is uh, world number one Dustin Johnson against everybody's favorite to win this week, Xander Schauffele. I'll go first. I'm gonna go ahead and roll. I'm actually gonna roll Xander this week. Even mm-hmm. I think DJ could potentially win by about four or five shots here. I'm gonna roll with Xander. All right, for the sake of, I think this is a push. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go the opposite of you. <laughs> push. I'll take. I really do. I think this is like they could be T whatever. Um, I'm gonna take uh, Dustin on this one. Okay, taking DJ. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all everybody's in the field this week: Zalatoris, Westwood, Scott, Daniel Berger, Hideki, who shot the course record last year and. It got canceled. Does he get to keep the course record for that? What do you think? Is that like an asterisk? You just put it there like, hey, he shot 62, but... Well, yes, because if you... Not that this is the same setup, but if you went to Sawgrass and shot 60 from the back, let's just say the all-way backs, like, they have to write you down as having the course record, right? They might not say in competition, but, like, you have the course record, right? Good point. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I you would definitely put an asterisk after it though, right? <laughs> He's got to be so Damn. frustrated. Poor <laughs> Hideki, dude. Uh, no, terrible. Uh, Fitzpatrick's in the field. He's been playing very well. He's been playing. Tommy really Fleetwood, Finau's in the in the field. Hopefully, we'll see what happens there if he can get a win. Bryson, of course, coming off his win. Speed JT Fleetwood for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I oh yeah. Me. Like. He's got some European Tony Finau vibes, right? Uh, I yeah, mean, actually, that's a good. That is a good comparison. He's right in the mix Sunday too, and he's like the forgotten man. Like we haven't said a word. He tees off in the mix, and the round ends with him like off the leaderboard. Yeah, he played absolutely terrible on Sunday. Oh, man, all right, keep going. I'm sorry, I just had to say that. No, no, you're good. Yeah, he shot 77 on Sunday at API. Yikes. Not great. Yikes. Did finish in the top 10, but yeah, not good. Uh, He did, though. I'm seeing this now. He co-led after the first two rounds in 2019. He finished T5. Mm. So he's had a little bit of uh, some luck there. Yeah, Finau in the field. Uh, DeChambeau, Speed, JT, Colin, Rory, DJ, Webb Simpson, John Rahm, and Xander Shoffley. Also, guys that aren't even on the power rankings are Homa, Reed, Terrell Hatton, Patrick Cantlay. How is Cantlay not in the top 20? On the- that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, Jocko Neiman, who I saw was uh, racing Daniel Berger. McLaren. On- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is the 39th Players, edition- Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Um, last week, I won, correct? I had yeah. speed. Yeah. Vinny Vince took Zalatoris second, second mm-hmm. and who did you take, Jake? I don't remember. I had I had Sungjae. Sungjae. So we all made, all three made the cut. Yeah. Um, all three actually decent because I think Sungjae finished like in the top twenty-five. T twenty-one. Yeah, T twenty-one. So yeah, pretty pretty decent there from all three of us last week. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that means I get to lead off. I am. So I think you got to take a heavy hitter here because it's again it's another field where there's more money for the prize. For first mm-hmm. prize. Um, so I am rocking with Colin Morikawa this week at the Players' Championship. Yeah, you took mine. Okay. <laughs> and Vin, That's Vinny, okay. Vinny took, took your other one. Via text, <laughs> he, he's not here. He take. I mean, he would have second pick anyway. So he's taking Rory, which was also on my short list. So I will go to my third one, which is fine. Um, do you want to expand on your Colin Morikawa pick at all, by the way, before I take mine? Um. 
Yeah, well, he just, uh, you know, obviously winner concession led the field and strokes gain, approach to green and tee to green, which I think is things you you definitely need here at TPC Sawgrass. So, I, I, I although it is his player's debut, which, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't know if he played in, I guess he probably wasn't even in the field last year, even though it was only one day. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that he's, he's ready to go. Uh, if anything, it, it's just going to be inexperienced that he won't get it done, but I, you know, obviously he's the be- one of the best players in the world right now, coming off a win. So I'm I'm, I'm riding high on Colin. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great pick. I mean, I I, I had him at the uh, the top of my list, and Rory kind of in there too. Um, my third, I'm I'm gonna still take what I think is a, is the lightest of the heavy hitters, I guess. I'm gonna take Weber. I think I like Webb. This week. Webb, yeah. Webb loves this place. He plays too. well. He plays really well yep. there. Yeah. Yeah. One four shot victory in 2018, and had the T6 because I took him actually at concession. Uh, did not play this past week at the API, so he's well rested and and ready to roll. Um, there were a few guys want to see what your thoughts are on finishes. DJ obviously world number one did not play well at concession. Mm-hmm. Inside the top 12 this week, yes or no? Hmm. No. Okay, DJ outside. I'm gonna agree. I think I don't. I think he makes the cut, but finishes somewhere in the twenties. Um, yeah. John Rom, top Ooh. fifteen this week for Romy. I like forgot about Rom. Yeah. Top fifteen. I'm gonna go. Wait, how many weeks till his his wife gives birth? We're getting close. Uh, Augusta is probably a month, of, five weeks away. So yeah, three or four weeks. And you might be distracted. I'm I'm gonna go, you know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say yes. All right, inside the top fifteen for Rami. I'm gonna I'll go ahead and go inside the top fifteen for Rami. Uh will Tony Finau be in the last three groups on Sunday? Oh, I love that question because he absolutely will be. Okay, off a molten hot start this that year. That is insane. Yeah. Okay, Tony Finau will have a look on Sunday. Um, our boy Will Zalatoris, first time playing here. Will he finish inside the top twenty-five at the Players Championship? Man, no, he makes the cut, but I don't think he top twenty-five. Okay, so I agree and disagree. I think he does not finish inside the top twenty-five. I think this may be the first week where. He gets hit in the mouth, and I think he will not be playing on the weekend. Uh, wow! So I didn't I will, see that coming. Okay. Yeah. So no, no Willie Z on the weekend for Dougie. Um, the last one is Hideki Matsuyama shot sixty-two last year. Will he shoot sixty-five or better this year in any round? Sixty-five or better? Yes. I'll go. Yes, he shoots a sixty-five, and then he follows it up with a probably with like a seventy-four. <laughs> All right, I am going to say no, Hideki will not be a factor this week and will not shoot uh, 65 or better. Okay. That's all I've got on the Players' Championship. Anything else you want to uh, discuss about the players before we drop over to the lounge and talk about your Virginia trip? No, I think that's it. All right, well, good luck to our boys this week, Rory, Colin Morikawa, and Webb Simpson. And we will be talking to you guys on Monday about how these guys did. Let's jump over to the lounge. Jakey took a little bit of a vacation slash golf trip. Season's coming around, spring season. Went down to Virginia. Jakey, tell us about uh, your trip, how, what it was like, courses you played. I can't wait to hear yeah. about it. Yeah, so, you know, got out of the Philly area. It's been cold here. Most courses, honestly, in PA are still snow covered. Some of the Jersey courses, like my course, opened up um, just this weekend. So, like, things are kind of coming around, but, you know, made a plan to go down to Virginia and play a couple courses in the Williamsburg area, which, honestly, Williamsburg itself is really cool. A lot of good, like, bars and restaurants and stuff. Um, also, home so of that Doug was, Stevens or birth, birthplace of Doug Stevens. There he is. Yep. Colonial Doug. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like, honestly, I, I was going down there with the impression that there like, wasn't going to be much else to do, but there was a ton of stuff to do. And, and honestly, fairly, like, golf-rich. There was a lot of options. We didn't have a ton of time. So we tried to kind of plan the trip around, like, all right, we want to see this course. 
Um, we heard this course is really, really good. And then let's stay at a place where there's a couple of nines. So if we have time, you know, we can, we can try to sneak in 27 holes. And so that was kind of like, kind of like the way that we had it planned out. So on the you way went down, down Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Went down Friday. Um, you know, uh, left about 30 minutes later than we should have, but you know, flying down 95 to get to our first, uh, round, which was, um, at Royal New Kent. <clears throat> so actually really quick leading up to this week, by the way, temperatures down there looked awesome. Like high fifties into the sixties. And then as we got closer, it changed to like low fifties, high forties. And mm-hmm. it was very cold. I will say that right now, but, oh my. um, <clears throat> Got down to Royal New Kent, which is a Mike Strance course. So people who are listening might have played some of his other golf courses. Like um, we talked a lot about Tobacco Road, but there's also Caledonia, um, True Blue. Um, there's some other one too. I'm blanking on the name right now. I think it's called like Stone Haven or Stone something. Um, that's also in the Virginia area down there. Um, and so we played Royal New Kent, and I got to tell you really really good the front nine is just like banger after banger it starts off with very, something very similar to what we saw at tobacco road you know the massive mounding right um, it, it, this it's a it's a dog leg short dog leg left par four where you kind of kind of got to work it to the corner and then go up the hill um and then the second hole is like this par five that echoes what we saw on i guess that's number 12 at tobacco road like that big uh, carry uh, hard dog leg right with a big carry where if you kind of hit a good drive down the right side of the fairway you have a, a shorter carry you can take it over all the shit to the green something very similar to that and the whole front nine was those kind of holes right big massive slopes massive ba- mounding massive bunkers blind shots all the things that you know you kind of expected from um, his other courses I'm gonna I'll post some pictures as well uh, in the coming days and so that was you know, that was really cool, that front nine. Then we go to the back, and it was a little bit, I'm not going to lie, a little bit of a letdown. Ten, you start off ten, you're like, the hits just keep on coming. And then pretty much 11 through about 17 is squeezed in between um, some houses and stuff like that. It just feels like a different golf course for, for those holes. And then all of a sudden you leave the housing area, and it opens back up to this uh, 17 is a par five that looks like it could be peeled right out of Piner's number four. It's just kind of like wide fairway, gentle dog leg to this um, like green that's sitting in kind of like an embankment with trees behind it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and you're like, wow, like that's cool. We came back to this, this great, this great golf hole with this, this really cool green complex. And then you play 18, which is like, they really do save like one of the best ones for last. This, the fairway's got to be like 85 yards wide, but the green is this very shallow, um, almost island green, but you can't see it from the tee. So you drive up over this, this basically what feels like a cliff. It's completely blind um, to this huge fairway. And then when you get there, if you go down the left, you realize that you kind of have to carry a lot more water to get the best angle for the green. And if you go down the right, you have more of a look kind of right up the green. Um, and it's, sitting against this massive mounding where the clubhouse is built behind it. So that was like an incredible way to end that first day. And for me, having not, not played in a month, plenty of rust, especially around the greens, but right. I, I, yeah, but like at the same time felt so good to, to hit some balls and play a cool golf course. So yeah, that awesome. was really good. Really, really, really enjoyed that. And then, um, so yeah, so like I said, went out to Williamsburg, Saturday morning, we get up, we have an early round, we're frost laid, and we're going to play this course that I wasn't that excited about. It's called Golden Horseshoe. Golden Horseshoe was an absolute stunner, like 9 out of 10 design, like so unbelievably good. Who designed this? Nice. This was originally designed by Robert Trent Jones Sr., and then it was redone by Reese Jones. That's where I was worried. Usually when Reese Jones redoes stuff, he just makes it like very hard for the most part right um and that was not how this place was so this we got there like i said frost late the absolute like nicest people on earth they're like asking us a million questions where are you from what brought you down here wish we could have got you a better day even though that actually that day ended up being really nice it ended up being about 55 degrees 
and um, they, they shotgunned us. This is the only bummer, this whole thing. We get there, and there's all these guys that are members, and they got their, you know, they got their push carts and their walking bags, and they have this tiny little range, so we're, like, hitting the range and taking turns with people and chatting them up and stuff, uh, you know, having a cup of coffee, whatever. And then Starter comes over, and he says, hey, y'all the group from Philly? And, like, everybody's ears perked up, all these Southerners looking at us, like, what the fuck are these guys doing down here? And uh, we're like, yeah. They're like, well, listen, we're going to put you out in the shotgun, so we're going to shotgun the first five holes and, like, you guys are going to be going out on, on number three, okay? And I'm like, all right, man, that sounds good. Thank you so much. We don't have cards at this point, by the way. They give you the card, like, right before you go out. So we don't know, like, where, what the hole is. So we get the card, and I'm going, I guarantee you number three is part three. <laughs> we drive out to number three. It's 168 yard. It's, it's cold at this point, too. 168 yard into the wind, downhill, par three, to, like, over water with, with like, shit all down the right, too. And uh, we were like, okay, well, here we go. And so, like, it's kind of hard when you're, you know, you're starting on that to, like, get in the mode of what, what you're going to expect. But Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, like, but we, we all kind of just start off, no expectations. And I, I, I don't really know how to say it. I played a great round, especially for how rusty it was. But on top of that, I just thought the golf course was so interesting. It had a couple of par fours that were kind of blah, but a lot of them were these, like, really big. It almost looked like a half pipe. Like so many of the uh, holes were built in like ways where the fairway had like a side you could go down and kind of kick it back into the middle. Speed slot, um, speed slots everywhere. I mean, I hit uh, I hit like a uh, a hybrid that I would normally hit like two fifteen, and again, it's it's cold enough that the ball's not going the, your total distance. I had to hit this thing like two seventy because I got it to the this corner of this hill and it kicked it all the way down the hill. Um, and basically the way that the whole golf course is routed is all four of the par threes go to this like huge pond that's at the low middle point of the golf course. The, the whole golf course is built around this like valley that has um, a big lake in the middle of it. And so the par threes are all well, the, the first one, the one that I played, number three, is not an island green. But the other three have, like, island green vibes. Like, either they're mostly an island green. One is a complete island green. And so that was kind of interesting, too, because every time you were, like, on the property and you were making your way back to the middle, you knew, like, a par three was coming up. So we're playing that. And like I said, a lot of interesting holes, a couple duds here and there. The hole that we finished on, though, was number two. And that was the best hole in the whole golf course. It was a downhill sub 500 yard par five, except like you would drive it and then you had to hit your next shot, your shot into the green, which, you know, the layup is essentially like bunting something. But uh, how should I explain this? You had to hit like a downhill shot that was probably like a five to seven iron, but you're hitting it off of a straight down slope over about, you know, 150 yards of water. So they were basically giving you the eagle putt if you could get it over the water, but they weren't giving you a very easy shot like in terms of the lie to do it. I just thought that was such a, a cool um, little strategy. So that was Golden Horseshoe. Great logo. Most expensive pro shop gear I've ever seen in my life. I didn't buy anything. <laughs> like It was like a million dollars for anything you wanted in that pro shop. Unbelievable. A million dollars and the members make you go off on number three. Yeah, Doug, let me tell you. There was this Peter Millar vest, and I was having big-time Tom vibes. I was like, I got to buy this thing. This thing is nice. $185 for this vest. I was like, <laughs> uh, I, took, I made the guy take it off the mannequin, and then I didn't buy it. I was like, dude, I can't buy that. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, that I love golden horseshoe. Those, the people there were so nice and I would definitely go back down there. I'd love, they have another golf course too, um, on the other end of the property that, um, we didn't have time to play unfortunately that day. So that was Saturday. And then Sunday we had plans to play 27 holes. Unfortunately with uh, a longer frost delay on Sunday, we didn't get that in. We played, uh, at the place we were staying, which was a place called Ford's colony. And, uh, that was the exact opposite experience of Golden Horseshoe. So the people were not very nice to us uh, as we were asking them some questions about, you know, what time we were going off and how we would get range balls where the first tee was. But on top of that, the golf course was just not very good, like neighborhood sort of like weaving in and out of houses, wacky dog legs. Um, 
And even worse than that, just very cold and very soggy. Like every hole was soaking wet. I lost two balls in the fairway just from them going subterranean. Um, so that was that was a kind of a bummer and kind of a letdown. I don't really have anything else to say about that. I, I think in some ways it's probably a golf course that serves that resort community. But like if I was going down there, I, I wouldn't um, put that on my list because there, there are definitely other options either within like you know, finding a better designer or going with like right. some of those more prestigious clubs. Like, cause like I said, golden horseshoe is private and they have two private clubs and they give you public access. Um, they have a certain amount of public tea times a day for either one. Um, and I would go back down and, and probably play one of those other courses. So, but yeah, it was, it was great. It was awesome to get away for a little while and, and play some golf and, um, you know, see some other courses. Yeah. Nice. So highly recommend the first two, which were again, remind me the names. Royal New Kent, I would say that's like a seven out of ten okay. situation, and then uh, Golden Horseshoe, a, a definite uh, ninety, like ninety percent of that thing is really really fun. Oh, awesome! So if you're in the Williamsburg area, check those out. That's cool. Jake, you'll be putting some photos up. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, dude. Um, and uh, yeah, so. So what do you guys, what do you got next on the, on the golf docket? I know daylight savings times in two weeks. So Mm -hmm. afternoon rounds are going to be kicking up. Uh, but any other, you have any other trips? I think uh, we discussed last week events is coming up, uh, in like two or three weeks. So you guys will be playing some golf, but any, any other travel plans before big seater? Um, no other travel plans. I mean, I got, I got to really start, you know, getting some, some good big time practice in Vince is talking a lot of shit already. So, um, well, he shot 94 on, on Saturday, so oh, don't worry oh, too much done, about done, Vinny. Done. Do we have enough? What time? How much time we've we been recording this pod? Do we have enough time to talk about this? I'm glad you said uh, it's this. 50, yeah, we're 55 minutes in. We got, we got time for this, especially because he's not here and he'll have to listen to it to hear it. But you, you're telling me shoot 94, and he's texting me, I'm close, dude. Get ready. <laughs> like, shit like that. I'm sitting over here telling him like, oh man, I, I, I played okay, but like I, I flubbed a lot of chips and like I, I don't have a lot on the greens right now. I'm just not used to playing. He's like, oh, well, you better be ready because I'm, I'm right there. You're telling me you shot 94. So, so I was, not, so I was not there on Saturday. Okay, I was, at, I was at a wedding, but I did play Sunday with Jr. out at uh, Bentwater, which is a country club in North Houston where I'm playing my Texas Southern Mid Am in a few weeks. And uh, he was out nice. there, and he he had played with Jay, uh, with Vince the night before. And I asked him, I was like, "Well, how'd the round go yesterday?" Because he just got the new Callaway Epic driver, which I think is hot. He's hitting it as far as I am. What? Like two, like oh. he's hitting it like two eighty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he said even he, his game. He, yeah. He even said to me on the first tee or after the first second tee, he's like, "Yeah, probably can't ask Tom to move me up a tee this year because uh, I'm hitting it as far as everybody else right now." So. <laughs> Uh, but he said, yeah, Vinny really said he struggled. He hit his driver very well, but he hit zero of 18 greens in regulation. So, oh, it, so not, that's why we didn't get the GIR number. Not good. Yeah, not okay. good for uh, for Vinny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Speaking of that, we have a gentleman's double challenge for this month. We are going to post four rounds minimum. You can take your best four if you shoot more than four, but your uh, fairways and regulations and greens and regulation. Uh, we'll see who who does the best this month. But yeah, mm. apparently Vinny really struggled <laughs> from the fairway uh, and <laughs> shot uh, yeah in the low nineties and and did not not do well. Jr. said um, you know it was a little windy. Obviously, Wildcat normally is, but still ninety four, no good, no bueno uh, for Vinny. So yeah, if he's talking shit already, and unless he's just completely sandbagging, I have no idea. He, but uh, he might be. You never know. I will say this though, I played with him two weeks ago, I think, or three, two or three weeks ago at Pine Forest. It was mm-hmm. the best I had seen him chip ever in my entire life. So, it, when that's going well for Vinny, he he should typically play well. Yeah, he should play well. You're right. So we'll we'll, we'll see, see what that. happens there. Yeah, for sure, that'll be a fun one. You have, uh, I know you said you're working on some some uh, some behind the scenes rounds, but uh, you guys trying to play three or four rounds? I can't remember what the total. I was. don't think we're gonna have time because he's he's not coming in for the full week. So I think we probably will only be able to get in two, just judging by when his flights land. And you know, t- I'm still working that week that he's coming in, but we, we should ah, be able okay. to hopefully get in two, maybe maybe three. We'll see. Um, and 
we also have some weather coming in like right before he gets here. So hopefully we, we avoid snow and just get rain. Um, those days. <laughs> that would suck. That would be snow bad. at the end of March. Wow. Yeah. Right. I mean, it kind of happens every year. So yeah, well, we've been getting lucky with, uh, Weather here, it was very, very nice this weekend. It was like 75 and sunny, so it was nice to get out and play Sunday. Yeah, uh, cool course, actually, Bentwater. It's very private, so you can't play there unless you're playing an event or no member. But uh, it's got five or six holes on the lake there and uh, a lot of other cool uh, layout holes. Yeah, so excited to play there at the end of the month. They also gave me yardage book for free, so shout out to the lady in the pro shop at Bentwater (laughs) Country Club. She's like, I don't know if these are free or not, but uh, here you go. So, yeah. Amazing. Also, a a huge thing for me, because, you know, we've obviously played lots of golf courses, and Mm -hmm. like you said, it's some, it's too expensive to buy gear, but also we just have a lot of gear now, so things like that are stuff that I like to collect now. And oh, yeah. uh, it, when you have a really good yardage book, it makes things a lot easier, especially for the first time you're out there. And they had a prime yardage book with a sheet on all, every hole to take notes. So like big time, big time for, uh, for Bentwater there. Big shout out for your yardage books. Great work there. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's all I got, man. You got anything else? No, man. That's okay. it for me. Well, we're about an hour in. We hope everybody appreciated this week's episode. Hope you guys all enjoy the Players' Championship this weekend. It's also the end of college basketball before March Madness starts next week, so pump for that. Uh, everybody's going to be getting their brackets ready, and, and golf will be doing the same because we got the match play coming up in, in two or three weeks before the Masters, so mm-hmm. exciting things around the corners. If you get a chance this weekend, get out and play. If you don't, you just want to sit at home, grab yourself a nice whiskey, make it a double, and uh, have yourself a little gentleman's double there, and and we'll come up with the custom custom ice cubes for you guys. All right, that's, that's what you're gonna a, need. Yeah. You need the custom yeah. ice cubes, gentleman's double ice cubes. Uh, everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy. Dougie and ben, and Jakey are out.